What's going on, everyone, and welcome in to another edition of Be Shafe Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you as we roll on with our NCAA Tournament March Madness Bracket Breakdown. Rolling on here with the East Region. Why the East Region? Well, because that is what's next on ESPN. And I don't want to go out of order because it will confuse me too much. So we'll go to the bottom left portion of the bracket. If you haven't caught the other episodes yet, we've only done one so far, chronologically, the South region. Check that one out. But by the time you're listening to this, I'm sure the Midwest and the West regions will be uploaded as well to your B-Shape Daily podcast feed. So make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so that you can catch all of the episodes. And obviously, a lot of Cardinals baseball coming your way this summer. So subscribe for that if you're into that sort of thing. And head on over to YouTube, youtube.com slash at bshafer12, same as my Twitter handle. That's the YouTube channel. And if you prefer to get to look at what I'm looking at while I'm breaking down the bracket, you can take in the video version of it now. Go right on over to YouTube and find me. Brendan Schaefer, St. Louis Cardinals writer, is the name of my channel on YouTube. Give me a like, give me a follow, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. And uh, I've kind of got my screen showing here with the bracket that I'll be filling out. I've got the Ken Palm rankings up. I pulled up 538 so that we can give uh, the folks a little bit of an idea of what the metrics and the analytics are saying in terms of teams that that are supposed to advance or not advance. That was something I didn't do for the the South region, and I wish I had had that up. But we'll have it moving forward. And uh, we'll have a little bit of fun here breaking down the south region of the NCAA tournament. So, once again, youtube.com slash at bshafer12 if you'd like to watch. But if you want to listen, let's roll in on it right now, beginning with the top of the east region, Purdue. My nemesis, it seems like. Although they did end up, what was that, the Ohio State game, I believe, in the Big Ten tournament. They ended up covering the spread there. I think it was seven and a half early on in that game. I thought they weren't going to. I was kind of mad about that. Um, I can't figure this Purdue team out. They're not going to lose to Texas Southern or Fairleigh Dickinson. I don't know who's going to win that game. That that first four game happens between the two 16 seeds on Wednesday night. So it, it hasn't taken place as of this recording. Purdue's going to beat whoever it is. But I do think Purdue is susceptible to an early round exit more so than the other number one seeds. If for no other reason than if you watch their NCAA, or I should say their Big Ten tournament game against Rutgers, it was an embarrassment, their inability to break the press. And I think they had some trouble as well in the Big Ten championship game. Off the top of my head, I can't remember who they played in that game. And I have a good excuse. It's not because I didn't pay attention. Penn State uh, beat them 67-65. My excuse is that I was at the Battlehawks game when that game was being played, so I didn't. Uh, that's why I didn't know the information there. Uh, Penn State mounted a charge there in the second half, nearly nearly got the upset, didn't do it. But Purdue can't break a press, man. That's going to be a problem in the NCAA tournament at a certain point. They are the most susceptible one seed to me, but I'm not picking a 16 over a 1 this year. I don't see any of those as being very likely. So we'll advance Purdue here. Another 8-9 situation between Memphis and Florida Atlantic. We've got another team, 30 wins. We talked about Charleston in the last bracket breakdown of the South region as a 31-win team. Same story for FAU. 31-3 is their record on the year. But you look at their 
their wins. They beat North Texas. Okay, that's not a tournament team. UAB beat them twice. Not a tournament team. Beat Florida by two. Not a tournament team. Lost to Ole Miss by 13. Not a tournament team. Not even close to being a tournament team. So those are the notable results for FAU. You look at the metrics. uh, The metrics do seem to appreciate Florida Atlantic. If I can check out the Ken Palm here. 26th in Ken Palm. They're actually top 40 at adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. How about that? Florida Atlantic could win the national championship then, technically. Because I think it's 17 of the last 18 have been uh, national champions, that is, have been within the top 40 of both adjusted O and D efficiency, according to Ken Palm. Um, And I may be even getting the top 40 wrong on that. I think the majority of them are even top 25. But in the case of Florida Atlantic, how about that? They're top they're top 40 in both of those categories. Um, but again, you look at their their schedule against Conference USA competition. How do you come up with that they're the 26th best team in the country? Sometimes where the metrics lose me, because if you look at Memphis, okay, they played Houston three times and beat them once. Beat them once to claim the uh, AAC championship game in that tournament on Sunday. I believe it was Sunday. They played at Alabama and lost by three. Beat Texas A&M, that's another tournament team. Beat Auburn by nine, that's another tournament team. Memphis is battle-tested. Um, Penny Hardaway's group is capable of laying an egg. I just, and I get it, FAU is popular. If they were a 10 seed, I think they would even be more sexy, right? Because it's a. it feels like more of an upset. I just don't necessarily see Memphis bowing out to FAU. The The resume is more impressive for, FA, uh, for Memphis, I should say. They're only a two-point favorite according to DraftKings Sportsbook, but I'm I'm all over Memphis in that matchup. Sometimes the 8-9 games, uh, 64% according to 538. They give uh, Memphis a 64% chance to win that one. I feel pretty good about it. Sometimes those 8-9s, you just don't want to second-guess yourself, and this is a situation where I'm I'm not overthinking it. I think Memphis is, is, is a pretty good spot there. Um, I think they're better than FAU. Here's the one that I have a lot of trouble with. And honest to God, I haven't picked the game yet, and I think I'm a, I'm about to because I'm doing this podcast. I have no idea what to do with Duke versus Oral Roberts. I really don't. Duke has been playing some really good basketball coming into the uh, NCAA tournament, won the ACC tournament, beat Virginia easily in the title game. They've had an up-and-down season, but they're they're getting good at the right time, and they've got, I mean, Filipowski is a freak. Uh, Derek Lively is a great rebounder. They've they've got some dudes, and I felt like coming into the tournament, I was going to advance Duke pretty far. I also felt like Oral Roberts was going to be an upset team that I was that I was keen on, and I want to be, but they're facing Duke, and I I feel like Duke is in a good spot. Like look at Oral Roberts, their results: thirty eight point loss to to Houston, I should say, eight point loss to St. Mary's. 10-point loss to Utah State, lost by 7 to New Mexico, who did not make the tournament. They don't have any quality signature wins, but they're a 30-win team. But do remember a couple of years ago, they made the Sweet 16 as a number 15 seed, and Max Asmus, the super talented guard, was part of that, and he's still there at Oral Roberts, and they also now have Connor Vanover, 7-foot-5 center. If you remember, if you're a Mizzou fan or an SEC basketball fan, You'll remember seeing him with Arkansas last year. He was sort of a, you know, not not a regular. He played regularly, but he was. I don't even know if he was a starter for Arkansas, uh, but he's more of a fixture with Oral Roberts here. I don't consider him to be like 
the type that can bang bodies underneath with the likes of Lively or Filipowski even. Uh, he's got the size, obviously, the length to do it, but I don't know, man. I I want so badly to pick Oral Roberts. I love Max Asmus. I love the notion of an upset. I think Duke got jobbed being a five seed. I think they should have been they should have been up here where Virginia is as a four seed taking on Furman. Just switch those two, and I think that would be a little bit more equitable because I think Duke's the better team. They did win the ACC championship game over Virginia. But the bracket is the bracket, and Duke is a five seed. Um, I'm going to pick it. I promise. I'm just not going to pick it yet. I- I'm going to delay the inevitable as long as I can. Let's move on to the 413 matchup between Tennessee and Louisiana. Nozakai Ziegler for Tennessee. That's a problem. I think it's going to mean a short tournament stint for the Vols as I accidentally on the YouTube uh, close out everything that I was intending to have open. My bad if that messed up the video. Uh, Tennessee, though, still number five in Ken Palm. Their adjusted offensive efficiency is 49th. That's not great. But number two defense in the country. Again, the slow tempo can make you susceptible to the upset if you're not uh, shooting the ball well and, and you get behind early. But Louisiana, do they have the offense? Yeah, maybe. They kind of have that vibe of we're going we're gonna to just try to outgun you. 57 in adjusted offensive efficiency, 146th on the defensive side for the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana. You look at their, uh, you know, their numbers for the season. Uh, Sunbelt team, they lost uh, to Texas by 28. They lost to Drake by 12. Those are their notable results. Um, Tennessee, the reason Ken Palm loves them so much, and I mean, you look at this resume, uh, they, I think ultimately, even though they were very porous down the stretch. Tennessee struggled down the stretch. The resume of a, a win over Alabama, they beat Kansas, they beat Texas. I don't know that there's any team in the country that has three wins of that caliber. I mean, that's two wins over a one over one seeds and, a, and another win over a two seed. So really impressive wins by Tennessee that got them on the four line despite the way they struggled down the stretch. I don't think Louisiana is a 13 seed that I respect a lot. If it was Furman here, I could be intrigued. Who are the other 13s? Kent State, we'll get to them. I think they're interesting. Uh, Iona, coached by Rick Pitino. Interesting. I think Louisiana is the worst 13 seed in the tournament field, and so I just am not going to pick the upset here. I think Tennessee can advance, but again, I think they're at risk of an early exit with no Ziegler running the point. If they don't have the efficiency offensively, you saw Mizzou beat them in the uh, SEC tournament. I'm not super high on a deep run for Tennessee, even though they are very talented. They have the ability to overcome some of those those injuries, but I'm just not so sure how long I see them staying in this tournament. They're going to win that first-round game, though. I feel pretty good about that. Another SEC team, Kentucky, is interesting. If you take out the Vanderbilt games down the stretch for Kentucky, and they, they lost to Vanderbilt twice late in the schedule, but if you take those out, they, they played some pretty good basketball down the stretch. Beat Arkansas on the road. Beat Auburn handily in a home game, 86-54. to 54. And uh, they won at Florida down the stretch. And they also beat Tennessee by 12 on the 18th of February. And, and a road win at Mississippi State before that. I don't know what happened here in the Georgia game. But if you look at Kentucky, man... They played well down the stretch outside of losing twice to Vanderbilt, kind of inexplicably. So I want to be heavily interested in Kentucky. I do. 
It's, again, that 6-11 thing, and 11s don't overlook them. I feel like I'm making the mistake in my bracket of kind of overlooking them because I am going to take Kentucky here. But I also think, man, if you talk about upside, Kentucky certainly has upside. You look at some of the big wins that they were able to put together. They're an impressive team. Beat Tennessee twice during the year. Texas A&M is a really good team. Beat Arkansas. Absolutely smoked Auburn. Those are all tournament teams. I feel like, man, with if you've got Oscar Sheboy, you got a chance. Providence is a team that historically I'd like to overlook. Last year, I don't think I had them even winning in the first round, and they advanced to the Sweet 16 as, a, I think, a four seed last year was Providence. I think it was South Dakota State. I thought, oh, that's the upset. It's going to happen. Nope, Providence handled their business. I don't think they're quite as good this season. I think I'm going Kentucky here. I've got Kentucky making a little bit of a run, actually. And so we'll go with the Wildcats. I know that if you look at those two Vanderbilt games, they didn't play well. But I think the talent and the, I say the coaching, hopefully Cal Perry gets it together and uh, the talent and the coaching can win out for Kentucky in this one. Kansas State is the three seed taking on Montana State. And I want to pull up the DraftKings Sportsbook lines on this one because eight and a half is the line here. That's the lowest, I believe, of all the 314 matchups. Um, I'm, I'm not too intrigued by Montana State, though. I think this is just showing that maybe K-State is a little susceptible to a loss. Uh, Montana State, no good results. Got smoked by Arizona and smoked even worse by Oregon. They didn't play anybody. I think Kansas State's going to win this game. But the fact that the, the line at the sportsbooks is 8.5 kind of tells you to to pay attention a little bit, right? That's a low, low number when it comes to a 3-14 matchup. So I'm not too keen on Kansas State necessarily making a super deep run. But uh, they're going to advance in that first round, at least in my bracket. Tom Izzo. His Michigan State Spartans, the seventh seed, taking on USC as we move down the south region, uh, or I should say the east region of the bracket. I don't know what to do with Michigan State, man. You've got the Big Ten, all right? I, I said I wasn't super high on the Big Ten. They've played a tough schedule, 19-12 and 12 record to get, to earn a seventh seed. You, you better have played a tough schedule. They lost twice to Purdue. They lost to Gonzaga by a point, beat Kentucky. Split with Indiana, beat Maryland, split with Iowa, beat Penn State. They've got some good wins. Lost to Bama by 11. Like, they're battle-tested. Tom Izzo always gets a lot of credit for what he does in March. He can also lose in March, though. I just don't think that this USC team is necessarily geared to be able to outclass the Spartans in this first-round matchup. I'm curious about, and this is one that's on the 17th. This will be a Friday game. I want to look a little bit at the metrics here before I make sure to lock this in. Michigan State, 32 in Ken Palm, 41st and 40th in uh, adjusted O and D, respectively. They play slow. They grind you out. They try to just be efficient with their possessions. Um, there are only a few spots in the Ken Palm rankings higher than USC, who's 36th, and a very similar alignment in terms of uh, adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. They're top 50 in both but they're no higher than 43 in either. They do play a little bit of a faster tempo, 140th in the nation in adjusted tempo, and that compares to 304 for Michigan State. 
I just think it's going to come down to coaching. Uh, I'll give Izzo his, his credit. Again, don't love the Big Ten, but they don't really love the Pac-12 either. Uh, Arizona, USC, I'm in on those guys. Uh, or I'm sorry, UCLA, Arizona, I'm in on those two. Uh, both of those get the two seeds. I'm not too big on, on USC, though. I'm going to take Michigan State here. And then Marquette, Vermont. I was thinking about this the other day, going through the bracket. Marquette, I had an interesting relationship with them with with some bets during the Big East tournament, and they absolutely smoked. I think it was Xavier in the championship game, which was kind of surprising to me. Yeah, 65-51. They just skated by UConn, who, again, that's a a really good team. They got a four seed in the tournament. And they barely beat St. John's. They didn't play well that game against St. John's. So, interesting Big East tournament, but at the end of the day, I mean, Shaka Smart has that team really vibing. Vermont's interesting, though. The Catamounts have, have got some NCAA tournament experience in their recent past. Um, no great results, really. Uh, they beat Colgate. That's a 15 seed in the tournament. Uh, they're playing Texas. Lost to USC by a couple. Got smoked by St. Mary's. Vermont's interesting. I think they're going to give Marquette a little bit of scare because – Sometimes you get so enamored by the teams that do well in their conference tournament and then they have a big letdown. Marquette feels like they could be that team and it could happen in the first round. I don't know 100% what the point spread is. I could, And for me, I just like betting underdogs. So 11 points, I could see myself betting Vermont there and just to say, hey, can they keep it close at halftime? That might be one of those two where you bet the first half spread. If it's five and a half or whatever it is, and Vermont is is somehow you know leading by a point at halftime, but then Marquette pulls away, I could see that being the case. I'm taking Marquette for sure in the bracket. Don't get me wrong. I just think it's a little bit interesting that okay, I'm not going to get too enamored with this team that that did so well to beat very handily Xavier, uh, a three seed in the NCAA tournament. They beat Xavier to win the conference tournament out in the Big East. I don't want to get too enamored with them. I'm doing it with another team later on that won their conference tournament that I'm advancing pretty far. I've already decided. Um, So I don't want to do it with too many teams, and I think Marquette's the one that I might want to get to fading. But let's go ahead and fill in the rest of this bracket. Yeah, I know. I've still got Duke Oral Roberts that I have to pick, and I haven't done it yet. I'm delaying the inevitable. Let's talk about Purdue-Memphis. This is where I think Purdue gets bounced. Memphis is legit, man. Two and three against top 25 teams. BPI, they're 31st. Purdue's great. Zach Eady, seven foot four. He's a, a problem to deal with. There's no doubt about it. But I made it up my mind. I'm I'm disrespecting the Big Ten. I'm disrespecting Purdue because I'm tired of watching them play. I'm tired of watching their whole conference. So, uh, and and Illinois fans, if you're listening, or uh, any, any Purdue fans, if you're listening, Big Ten fans, if you're listening, sorry, but I, you know, I've got to I've got to go with my gut on some of these things, and I just think the Big Ten's a little bit overrated. It's like I, I can only watch Nebraska and Ohio State and, min, you know, these these terrible bottom-of-the-conference types of teams. I can only watch them hang with or defeat some of the top teams, in supposed top teams in the in the conference. I only see that kind of stuff so many times before I go, you know, maybe it's not parity. Maybe it's just the Big Ten's not that good. I'll probably end up eating these words if the Big Ten has a great NCAA tournament, but... I'm going Memphis over Purdue. That's the the first uh, one seed that I've got getting dropped. I've got it happen in the round of 32. Purdue falls to Memphis, which, again, that's scary for your bracket because if Memphis doesn't beat Florida Atlantic, I'm boned. (laughs) But 
that's the move I'm making. I've, I'm, I'm taking Memphis uh, to the Sweet 16. Okay, here we go. We've got Tennessee against nobody. We're going to come back to this. I'll explain why, but we're going to continue to delay the inevitable on Duke Oral Roberts. Let's move to Kentucky-Kansas State. I don't really know what to do with this Kansas State team. I'm going to consult the 538 bracket. Kentucky had a 66% chance to advance beyond Providence. We agree with that. Uh, 85% for K-State to advance beyond Montana State. But then look at this. Kentucky, according to the metrics by 538, actually has a better percentage chance to get to the Sweet 16. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see uh, the video version of this. YouTube.com slash at bshafer12. Kansas State, 35% chance to get through to the Sweet 16. Kentucky is being given a 45% chance. Providence just 18, Montana State just 2%. I agree with that. I think the sixth seed Kentucky is the better team than Kansas State. And if they play their best game, I think they will be able to advance. So I'm taking the sixth seed here to get to the Sweet 16. And I'm telling you what, man, another time I am disrespecting 11s. I did it in the South region already. I put NC State out of sight, out of mind. I advanced Creighton. Going to do the same thing here with Kentucky. Um, it could certainly come back to bite me. Let's take a look at the 2-7 matchup here. Michigan State Marquette. I went back and forth on this one. Ultimately, I decided that I was really going to back Kentucky against either of these teams. Wouldn't matter. Go ahead and do this. Boom. Kentucky to the Elite Eight. I'm putting Michigan State through over Marquette. Um, and I guess I'm selective with when I enjoy the Big Ten and when I don't. But I'm going to go. It is a great coaching matchup. Shaka Smart against uh, Tom Izzo. I think it's a great matchup. It's kind of an upset. You know, I, I, I'm i riding the two seeds in the other uh, regions. I got Arizona advancing in, in, in the uh, the Midwest and the West. I like the two seeds. In this one, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to call for an upset. We're gonna go Michigan State over Marquette. It's it's more about the notion that, well, first of all, I saw them against St. John's and I had a hard time watching it. Tyler Kolick's a great guard. Uh, he's a great passer, great player for Marquette. I just I just had not all the way bought in on Marquette. I can't figure out why. I think they're just susceptible to a dud in a way that Michigan State could take advantage of is sort of my thought process there. All right, so we're advancing Michigan State to the Sweet 16. And now we're here. We got Memphis against somebody. We got Kentucky against Michigan State. And I already said I'm going Kentucky all the way to the Elite Eight. John Calipari is either going to get to the Elite Eight or he's going to get fired trying. And uh, we'll have a lot of fun with a coaching search for Kentucky. I don't know. I feel gross about it, but... Again, we'll go back to 538. What do they have to say about it? Kentucky, uh, they're given a 23% chance here, it looks like, to get to the Elite Eight to win uh, to win right here. So Marquette's got a 34% chance, but remember, we're bouncing them to Michigan State, which is certainly an upset. 538's got Michigan State at just a 27% chance to get through to the Sweet 16. Marquette's at a 58% chance. I, undervaluing Marquette is probably my mistake of the entire NCAA tournament because Marquette could very well make the Final Four. If I'm discounting Purdue, Marquette would be the team probably that that makes the most sense. 
538 gives Kentucky a 10% chance to get to the Final Four. They give Marquette a 16% chance. Duke's got a 23% chance to get to the Elite Eight and a 13% chance to reach the Final Four as the five seed. The problem is I don't know if I can pick them to win the first game. Let's go ahead and do it here. Let's talk about this 5-12 matchup. As you can see, I've got a lot of blanks on this side of the bracket. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see this. If uh, you're listening, just imagine it. Everything is filled in in this region in the East, except for the 5-12 game between Duke, Oral Roberts, and then every subsequent line on which the winner of that game is going to go. Look, I can click Duke. If they beat Oral Roberts, I'm taking them to beat Tennessee. If they beat Tennessee, I'm taking them to beat Memphis. If they face Kentucky in the Elite Eight, I'm taking Duke to the Final Four. I That's what I would do in each of these matchups. I like Duke over Tennessee. I Duke-Memphis would be an absolutely great game if we saw that in the Sweet 16. I'm taking Duke. I love the way they're playing. Duke-Kentucky would be another great game. I think Duke's just got a little more talent. And I think I trust them a little more than I do Kentucky. Kentucky's just been more volatile recently. So it's great. But imagine this world. Oral Roberts with the 5-12 upset over Duke. Okay, Oral Roberts-Tennessee. I'm taking ORU once again. And then we get Oral Roberts-Memphis in the Sweet 16. I'm taking them again. Oral Roberts-Kentucky to go to the Final Four. I would take Oral Roberts. I am literally going to take whichever team I pick in this 5-12. I'm taking that team to the Final Four, and I cannot for the life of me decide whether it's Duke or Oral Roberts. I'm recording this Tuesday night. I've got another day or so before I have to truly lock it in. I want to pick Oral Roberts so badly, but it feels like one of those situations where you're trying to be fancy. You're trying to, you know, go with the the popular upset pick. In reality, this is where you just need to go back to the chalk. But at the same time, 81% on ESPN have Duke advancing out of the first round. So it maybe is not as popular of an upset pick as I thought. Or Roberts, we just got 18.7% there. Furman's even less than that. I took Furman in the uh, South region. I want to do it so badly, uh, but you're taking your entire bracket, right? Like, if you call the legendary shot on Oral Roberts, you'll never forget. You'll never forget it that, yep, I said Oral Roberts as a 12 was going to make the Final Four, and they did. I mean, you might as well never fill out another bracket. You'll never top that feeling. I don't know if I have the guts to do it, though. In in one of those brackets, I, I do a contest where there's a multiplier. The seed times the round is how many points you get. Yeah, I'll have a I'll I'll have a bracket in that contest with Oral Roberts in the final four. I don't know if I can do it here. I don't know if I can do it here. I would like to. I would like to think that I can. But I think for now I have to go Duke. As gross as that is. As I play around here with the video. I'm going to go Duke for now, but I reserve the right to change it. I do. I reserve the right to change it. I just think I just think Oral Roberts could be a really fun story, and I'm kind of, I've got FOMO. The, the bracket hasn't even 
it hasn't even started yet, and I've got FOMO of potentially missing out on Oral Roberts making a run. So if I look through this region, we're going to wrap up our conversation on the East region here. I like Memphis as a bit of a dark horse um, because I think they can take down Purdue. So we see there on my bracket. I uh, I like Oral Roberts. I mean, of the double-digit seeds, that's that's really the only one that I'm I'm keying on in this bracket. The upset element of it for me really comes in, though, with Michigan State and Kentucky advancing to the Sweet 16, duking it out, and then potentially Kentucky against Duke for a trip to the Final Four. The, I mean, my whole bracket sort of rides on this, honestly. Duke, I think, is like plus 750 to win the region. I think that's great value. If they win their first game, I would almost be surprised if Duke is not in the Final Four. I just, I think they got to get through that first uh, sort of uh, speed bump, and Oral Roberts has some experience in, in, in guys that have been here before. Connor Vanover, I believe, was playing for Arkansas through that Elite Eight run last year. Um, so even though he wasn't on Oral Roberts the first time they they made the Sweet 16, I he could he could help them to that point this year. Tennessee, we've talked about the injuries with them. Like th- there is reason to believe that there's a reason to believe that Oral Roberts could be could be the Cinderella story of this bracket. But we'll see if I end up having the guts to do it. For now, I'm going to say that I don't, and uh, we're going to go with we're going to go with uh, Duke getting to the Final Four. And uh, they'll be matched up there with uh, Alabama, looks like. So that's what I think we're dealing with in the East region. I I, I so badly want to do it. But I'm going to sign off of this uh, this podcast here, keep rolling through the rest of them. Make sure you subscribe to B-Shape Daily on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, appreciate you guys, too, for listening to the, the Spotify for Podcasters ad that you'll hear running in the middle of the episode. Uh, you'll hear that going forward on B Shape Daily. It's a way for me to make a little bit of money. Uh, but if you like the podcast and you want to help out with that uh, endeavor, patreon.com slash bshaper12. You can sign up for the Patreon uh, to support B Shape Daily. So appreciate you guys as always. Keep listening to the rest of the NCAA bracket breakdowns and let me know what you think about them at bshaper12 on Twitter. Uh, but we'll talk to you next time on B Shape Daily. Peace.